Well, good morning, everyone. I, uh, man, that was so amazing for me to be able to just sit and worship with my wife. Um, one of the things is when you're serving all the time, you know, I'm serving and she's serving and we just, we do church and we love it. But for me to be able to come in here and just worship with you guys, thank you for letting us be blessed by that. My name is Kurt Hopper, and it is just honestly my pleasure to be here today. Um, as you said, I'm the, the pastor at Ripley First Presbyterian, and if you don't know where that is, it's about halfway between here and Portsmouth, and uh, your church has been instrumental in helping our church. And so I don't know if you guys know all of that, but Pastor Drew has been a friend to me when I needed a pastor, and I love that he has been so, so great to me. We've had uh, Jan Johnson and Mark Evans that serve on our session and help us out, and they have been leadership that we so desperately needed. And I, I love that I have elders that I can call and go, this is something I'm dealing with in my life. This is something that I'm just rattling around in my brain and I need someone to, to talk this out with. And they've been so instrumental for that. Janet Dumford has been our MPT rep and she's so, she is just the embodiment of love. She'll call me and just go, I just need to know how you're doing. I just need to know how you're doing. Your church has been so loving to me personally and to our church. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you. My family and I moved to Ripley two years ago. Do you guys remember two years ago? Yes. Yeah. That's when the world shut down. Everyone decided in one motion that they wanted to learn how to bake bread and that they wanted to invest in toilet paper. So in the height of the initial COVID lockdown, we packed our stuff and moved across the country to a town we didn't know and a culture we didn't know and a people we didn't know. And to be honest, it's been the most absolutely amazing adventure. Serving God can be the most amazing adventure if we allow it. When my wife and I moved into full-time ministry, when it became apparent for us that we were going to move in that direction, the Lord gave us uh, a word, and he just said, be available. Just be available. Not, here's where I'm going to send you. Not, this is all the things you're going to get to do. Just simply be available. And we made that our life motto. Just being able to say, okay, we'll go. Open to crazy ideas. Like driving across the U.S. when everything is completely shut down. Wondering, I don't know if we can get into a hotel. Ten years after that word of be available was given to us, I find myself in Tanzania standing on the side of the world's tallest freestanding mountain, dancing with some local guys, getting our blood flowing before summit day. And God reminds me of that and says, this is what happens when you're available. 
And it's so beautiful to be reminded of that first word when he called us out. And then to be able to reflect on all of the amazing adventures he's allowed us to have along the way. So we're based in Ripley and we love it. But before that, we, we helped plant a coffee shop church plant. It was awesome. And before that, we did church camp ministry. And so we got to move to the mountains and, and live in the mountains. And that was amazing. And before that, we served in a transitional pastor role for a church that was just seeking its next steps, just felt lost. We have preached and taught and consulted for churches all over the Northwest. And then one day, I get a call from an old friend asking me to pray about a little church in Ohio. And after we found Ohio on the map, it's not a joke, we prayed as a family and we moved from Idaho to Ohio. I say we a lot because I never feel like I'm on my own. My wife, Valinda, is here with me and she is my partner in life and in ministry. She's genuinely uh, my balance, my other half. Our five children are with us today, and we are so blessed by our children. We're so blessed by our children. I was so honored to have Drew call me uh, and ask me to preach today because I love the church with a big C. It's really easy for us to love our church because I see faces here that I know. And if I ever get a chance to come back, I'm going to know even more of you because we get to, to talk today. So it's easy for us to love our church. But I love the church with a big C. I love meeting brothers and sisters that love Jesus from all over the world. It doesn't matter where we are. If you love Jesus and I love Jesus, man, we're, we're connected. We're brothers and sisters. And so it just blesses my soul to be able to worship with you all today. Today we're continuing to discuss hope. And today we're talking about sharing hope. We're going to be uh, working out of 1 Peter. It's 1 Peter 3, 13 through 17. And so as we get ready to dive into this, will you just join me in praying for a moment? Father, we... Thank you for this place. We thank you for this time. We thank you for brothers and sisters to worship with. We thank you for your word to speak to us, for your Holy Spirit to to whisper to us, to, to teach us what you want us to hear out of it. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Father, let us be sensitive to you. Most importantly, let us leave transformed more to your image, God. Let us be more like you so we can reflect you more in the place you've chosen to have us. Father, we praise you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's 1 Peter 3, 13 through 17, and I'm reading out of the ESV. It says, Now, who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, 
having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it's better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So what is hope? What is hope? Hope is always really fun to talk about because what Christians experience as hope is radically different than what the world experiences as hope. So let's talk about what the world sees hope as first. It's saying things like, I hope it doesn't rain on my cookout. Right? You've bought the meat, you've invited your friends, everything's set, we're ready for that adventure, and you just say, man, I I hope hope it doesn't rain. Maybe it's the lottery's really, really big right now. I hope I win the lottery. Maybe it's, I hope this guy knows when to stop preaching. (laughs) We could define worldly hope as things we really have no basis for believing in, but we want. I really won't preach too long this morning. Just long enough for you to really want Pastor Drew back. That's the job of a guest preacher, is to make sure that you really want Drew to come back. Things that we really have no basis for believing in, but we want. That's a worldly hope. And we've all said things like that at some point, right? We've talked about hope in that way. It's totally normal. It's culturally normal. But when it comes to our Christian walk, hope is a little bit different. Because hope for the Christian comes through God and his promises. It's rooted in its own wavering faithfulness. So it's not that it's something just that we desire and it could possibly somehow happen. It's something that absolutely will come to pass because my God said so. Things like that I'm loved. Hear this. Receive this. Understand this is hope in your life. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is part of hope. That, that you're loved. That you're called. That you're saved. That your salvation is sealed with the Holy Spirit. That Jesus makes intercession for you. That you have been washed white as snow. That the Holy Spirit empowers you. That Jesus is preparing a place for you and he's coming back for you. These are unfailing, unwavering promises of God. That's the hope of the Christian. Today, we are going to talk about sharing that unfailing hope. Our text says, being ready to make a defense when someone asks about our hope, the hope that's within us. So as we talk about sharing hope, one of the first pieces is being able to give an answer when someone asks us about it. And those questions come up. Sometimes we walk through hard things. Have you all ever walked through something hard? Everyone should be like, absolutely. Yeah, we 
we walk through those hard things and how we respond says a whole lot about who we are because oftentimes as a Christian, when we lean into God, it doesn't destroy our world to have us walk through something hard and that's confusing to the world. And they'll be like, we see you going through something tough. Why are you not crumbling? And we have that moment where we get to go, let me tell you about Jesus who's the foundation that I built my life on. And that's why I'm not crumbling. Are we ready to tell them that even though it's hard, God loves us and he'll never forsake us? Are we prepared to answer why we have hope? Our text this morning talks about suffering for righteousness' sake. The word we use a lot is persecution. But what is persecution to the American Christian? Did anyone get stopped this morning on the way to church and threatened to be killed or thrown in jail for coming here? Me neither. Yeah, me neither. Often, uh, because we are blessed with amazing freedom, we confuse persecution with discomfort. A conversation that is uncomfortable isn't persecution. Being beheaded for being a Christian is persecution. Someone telling us we're wrong on the internet when we post a Bible verse isn't persecution. Being imprisoned and beaten and starved because we believe in Jesus, that's persecution. Do we see the difference? Do we understand the radical difference? But even if we look at persecution as discomfort, often we give in And we limit what we say and what we do so that we don't fall into that uncomfortable place. As people, we love comfort. We love that comfortable place. And it's normal, but when we choose comfort over loving people enough to share the key to eternity with them, it's just not okay. It's just not okay. I'm not going to grind on that, but I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to all of us this week about setting aside our comfort so that we can love his creation the way he does. I spent a lot of time in corporate retail before I moved into ministry. Um, Started out you know, really low in a store, made my way up to to corporate, and then was able to work for several different corporations. And I loved maximizing stores. It was one of my favorite things, finding the formula that would generate the most profit. And one of the things we talked about all the time was net benefit and ROI, or return on investment. If we're going to spend money on something, we had to evaluate what we would see as a return. If we're going to risk putting money in it, Could it create profit? If we remodel a section of the store, would it generate more sales? If we expand the restrooms, would it make people more comfortable and then allow them to shop longer and in turn spend more? What kind of profit could we make by investing in a specific area? For my family... We had to ask these kinds of questions before we sold our house and drove 2,000 miles across the country. What's the risk? We risked losing relationships because out of sight, out of mind is a real thing. 
We risk turmoil in our own household because big life change brings big real emotions. And if those aren't dealt with in a healthy way, they can become toxic. We risk this whole thing blowing up in our face and finding ourselves across the country from our safety net. But we knew the opportunity was there for benefit. We knew that God had a call on us to come, and so there would be blessing even if there was risk. So if we're going to talk about sharing hope, what's the net benefit? When we discuss net benefit, the first thing we do is assess risk. The risk normally in sharing hope is someone could get offended. They might even say something hurtful. But our scripture says that if you suffer, you'll be blessed. So I'm not even sure that that's a risk anymore, though. If even though we're going to suffer, we're blessed, now we're being blessed. So I'm not sure that that's a risk. So what's the benefit? How about someone in a hopeless world receiving hope? If we did nothing else today, let's think about the idea of someone in a hopeless place in their world receiving hope. Someone that's dragging around the guilt and shame of sin being set free from that bondage. Someone moving from the path to hell to heaven on earth and then eternity with God. When I do an analysis and I weigh the risks and benefits of sharing hope, the risk of discomfort, the risk of an awkward moment is so far outweighed by someone's freedom and eternity. Do you remember the freedom you received? What it felt like to be able to lay down your guilt? That's why we share. Because we understand how big it is to receive hope rooted in Jesus. Jesus didn't pay the price for for our salvation, for us just to be saved. So often it's easy for us to think about salvation as a finish line, a checkpoint, the end. And he didn't, he didn't do that for us just to be saved. He gave us freedom from the weight of guilt and shame and sin and bondage, so that once we laid that down, we could fly. Once we lay down those heavy things that we were never made to carry, we are free to fly. We're free to dream big. We're free to allow the imagination he gave us to help us get outside of what we know. Hear me say this, God gave us imagination. If we're talking about sharing hope and living out the gospel, we all need to hear that when Jesus set us free from sin, he also tore down so many other barriers. And we're free to dream about big, crazy things. So what's the dream? What's the dream? Before you stifled your imagination because the world told you to stop being silly, what was the dream? Do you remember craving adventure? 
that time in, in your life where, uh, you just wanted to explore everything. You had to turn over every rock just to see what was there. Before we stopped exploring, what was the dream? These are things God gave us as a passion, even at a young age. These are, are places we've always felt a calling towards. Ephesians says we are created with a purpose and that God has set good works in front of us. If you, if you don't know that, hear it today. You are created with a purpose. And God has set good works in front of you. It's okay to remember what we're passionate about and serve God in those ways. There are things that he's given us a love for that simply feel too big. Sometimes we look at it and we go, that's just too big, God. But the Bible also says that God is capable of more than I could ever ask or imagine. I lived in a small town in Idaho, and it was one of those towns that people just never left. Have you ever, you know, seen that town where it's like people want to leave, they talk about leaving, but it's like a black hole. People just can't ever leave. The idea of packing everything I own and moving to Ohio, it seemed too big. But it wasn't for God. He made a way. He ordered my steps. He laid blessing after blessing in front of us. And now I know that wherever he calls us, we can go. Because he will take care of us every step of the way. I have a joke with my wife about being a pastor on Mars. It it sounds ridiculous. I get it. Totally understand. But we have this conversation about colonizing Mars and are, is anyone ever going to get there in our lifetime and what is that going to look like? And, and I joke about it and I'm like, I'll go. Someone's got to be a pastor on Mars. I'll go. And it's crazy and I can acknowledge that. But if he built me for that, if that's part of my purpose, when he created me, I'm more capable than I even know. Whatever it is that he has for you, that he created you for, that he handcrafted you for, you're more capable than you know. So where's your passion? What brings you life? I'm asking these questions knowing full well that most people don't remember what I preach by the time they order lunch. But I want you to ask these questions with me. What's the dream? What are you passionate about? What's stopping you? Is it comfort? Just being content where we are? This is who I am. This is what I do. This is my routine and box. Is there that twinkle of passion for something God gave you a long time ago. If we can dig back and get that, or no, this is from God. Here's the thing. God never lies. Never. Can't do it. He never lies. And so if he gave you that passion, it doesn't matter when it is, it's still relevant. It may have had to sit on the shelf for a minute, but he never lies. And it's okay to pull that down and go, this is from my God. If he gave it to you, He gave it to you for a purpose. 
And if you use it, you get to spread hope in a way that you were built for that feeds your soul too. That's awesome. I'm going to say this. God doesn't call you to be miserable in ministry. God doesn't call you to be miserable in ministry. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Now, I'm not saying what he'll ask you to do is going to be all roses and sunshine. It's not. We work with people. People are messy. Right? We all have issues, and when you start helping each other, you end up in people's issues. It's not all roses and sunshine. But he's not calling you to be miserable serving him. Sharing hope can be very organic, can be very organic. And let me explain. This is where the rubber meets the road. So if we've dozed off, come back with me here. If you have something you love, let's use it to share hope. So if you're a meal prepper, you're the type of person that goes, I'm structured, I want to create seven dinners today so that I don't have to think about that through the week. Make one extra. Put it in the freezer. And then when you know your neighbor had something go on in their life, you're able to just take that out of the freezer and be a blessing. Share hope with them. If you love making cards, I'm not, a, I'm not artistic. Not in the least am I artistic. But there are people that love to, to take paper and create cards and, and this beautiful handcrafted piece. If that's something you love, Let it be a note of encouragement to somebody. Just thinking of you, God loves you, and be a blessing to them. If God gave you a love for fishing, my brother-in-law lives to fish. It's like part of his soul to be out there fishing. If God gave you a love for fishing, take someone with you and just share hope with them. If you love baseball, Take someone to the game. Buy them a hot dog and some peanuts. And while you sit there, share life with them. Share hope with them. For me, one of the things I love is I love to smoke meat. Something I enjoy. Price of brisket's a little too high right now, but we'll deal with that later. Smoke a brisket. Feed a house full of hungry young adults and share hope with them. Whatever it is, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's not, it's not that, oh, there's just this list of five things. God made each one of us as unique as our fingerprint. There is something inside of you that he gave you that you love to do that brings you life. And so then the question becomes, how do I just bring somebody along with me and share hope with them? The cool part about it is while we do that, it feeds our own soul. We get to be fed. We get to be blessed while we share hope. So what's the passion? What's the dream? Let's use it to share hope, to glorify God. Let's latch onto our dreams that God's given us and share hope, share his promises. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for being faithful to the, to the point that there is no question 
about whether or not you, you meant our salvation, whether or not you are coming back, whether or not you love us. Those things are not up for debate, God. We know without a doubt that those things are true. Those are promises. And so that is our hope, Father. We thank you for that. God, we thank you for giving us passions and desires that are from you that we can use. God, things that we love, things that feed our soul. God, I just pray that you would show us how to not just do that and feed our soul, but also to bless those you put in our path. Father, we pray that we can shine for you. Help us to shine for you. Help us to, to, to be a reflection of you to everyone that you put in our path. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word speaking to our heart. And I thank you for these brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray your blessing over them. In Jesus' name, amen.